0: We are in a series on uh, the book of Psalms, and it's been really great. Um, we uh, have also kind of dove into Proverbs a little bit, and actually in this series, we're going to dive into uh, some other texts that are uh, close uh, and similar to Psalms as well. And so it's not just about Psalms, but that's kind of the main focus, and we've been doing Psalms. This is, uh, I believe, week five. And so we've been we've been into it for a little while now, and the Psalms are, uh, some of them are uh, beautiful, some of them are tragic, some of them are confusing. And so we're reading all of them, and not all of them, there's 150 of them, we're not reading all of them, but we're reading uh, the different types and kind of learning uh, together, and we're excited about that. So tonight, uh, we're going to read Psalm 138. So if you have a Bible, whether it be on your phone or a physical Bible, and I'd encourage you guys, uh, if you... Uh, have a physical Bible, bring it to youth. Um, and the cool thing is that I like to do is when uh, a pastor preaches that I'm listening to and the scripture is like, wow, that's really good, what I'll do in my Bible is sometimes I'll highlight it in my Bible so that when I'm reading, I go back and I'm like, oh, I remember uh, what that preacher said. And so for you guys, uh, you can do that. Even on your app, you can do that. You can highlight the <coughs> different scripture. If you don't have a physical Bible and you're like, man, I'd really like a physical Bible, we have some that we'd love to give you for free. Um, just let me know and we'll get you one. Um, so Psalm 138, this is a psalm written by uh, King David, uh, who we have learned about plenty we did a whole series on the house of David, and so we know who David is. Everybody know who David is? Raise your hand if you know who David is, all right? David was uh, the youngest of his brothers, uh, a shepherd boy uh, who um, was turned a giant slayer, and he all did it. Uh, he did it all with the power of God, and, and he knew that the Lord was on his side, and then he found favor with the Lord, became king. And he was all through that uh, a songwriter, a worshiper. Uh, God describes David as a man after his own heart. And though we know David messed up, raise your hand if you know that David messed up. David messed up, but that's not what being after God's heart means. Being after God's heart means that even when we mess up, we want to get back on track. Being after God's heart means that even when we fall short, we want to uh, regain the relationship that we have with God. And I think this is what, something that we need to know um, as young people. And I want to share something with you. This, it's kind of a revelation that happened for me this weekend. There's this song that we're going to be playing uh, within the next month or so. Um, and it's called The Blood. It's really, really uh, spectacular um, it's a beautiful song all about how the blood of Jesus washes us clean and that's biblical um, and it talks about the, the the bridge of the song says um, it's not about um, perfection or performance when I when I was a kid um, growing up in church I always felt like being holy and righteous was like about trying to be perfect, about trying to be, um, to, to get it all right, trying to follow the rules. Anybody ever felt that way? It's like, oh, i got to follow all the rules. i got to do all this right. Right? And obviously, if we, if we found Christ and we look towards Christ, we're going to start living better. Here's why. Because let's say, like, Simon uh, goes on a cross-country or a, a around-the-globe trip with me, right? And let's say Simon, like, looks up to me. He thinks I'm cool. I don't know why he would think that, but he does. Um, Unconfirmed, I don't know. But let's say he looks up to me, thinks I'm cool. We spend a whole month together. When we come back, he's going to pick up some of the things that I was doing. He's going to act a little different than when he first left. Does that make sense, everybody? If you're around somebody um, for long enough, you start to... Mimic their behaviors. It's like it's like an old married couple. After a while, they start to just do the same stuff. They they have they have the same jokes and the same manners and whatever. Even though when they first got married, they're very different people, but they grew together. Does that make sense? And so it's not about trying to be perfect. It's about wanting to be like Jesus. Does that make sense? And so, uh, and and this is all going to make sense when I explain it. But. So it says it's not about perfection or performance. It's not about earning or deserving. And then there was, there's this line in the song that says, does anybody want to be holy and righteous and purified and spotless? And the leaders in the room are tired of me saying this, but it's just been like in me. But I, I was at this worship service with Brian, wherever he is, and that line came up in this song. Does anybody want to be holy and righteous and purified and spotless? And I broke like a, like a baby, man. I was weeping just, and I hit my knees, which hurts because it was on like concrete, but I didn't care. And, uh, and I'm just in a puddle of tears because it, it like, and I've been a pastor for a while, but it clicked in my head was like, I don't need to strive to be holy I don't, need to, I don't need to constantly feel like I'm messing up over and over and over again. It's a gift. It's a gift that, that Jesus gives us. Not that he makes me perfect, but that God sees that me as righteous. And so then here's, here's the thing. It's not that I am thinking about my nature as a sinner, and every step I take towards holiness is a little bit out of character, and so it's hard. Here's the swap, because the Bible says while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So that means after Christ died for us, we're seen as something else than sinners. So instead of living here, this isn't even in my notes, but whatever. Instead of living here now, after we accept Jesus in our hearts, now I'm seen as holy and righteous. Instead of as a sinner. So here, here's the difference. If I'm living as a sinner, from being a sinner, and trying to be holy, I'm taking all these steps trying to be holy. Does that make sense? And, it, and, it's, and it's striving for that. Check this out. When I'm living from being righteous and holy, every time I mess up, that's out of character. Do you guys get what I'm saying? So when, when, when we think like, oh, we're just nobody and whatever and we're just sinners and oh, it's so hard to be holy. What's, what's happening is in our heads being holy is outside of our natural character. But when we accept Jesus, now we're stepping into a new light where holiness and righteousness is our character. And every time we step out of that, that's out of character. So then all I have to do now is step back into what God says I am and is holy and righteous and purified and spotless. And when I mess up, oh, that wasn't me, I'm going to keep going this way. It's so much easier than thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm terrible and, I'm, and I can't get it right and I can't do it right and I just can't be like Jesus because we're walking as a sinner and trying to get back to Jesus. What happens is Jesus says, you have all of me. Does anybody want to be holy and righteous and purified and spotless? Walk in that. So then when I mess up, oh, that wasn't me, I'm right here. I'm back on track. Does that make sense? And so what, 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 the reason I'm going to preach Psalm 138, because Psalm 138 is a, is a psalm of thanksgiving. Everybody say thanksgiving. Thanks. It's a psalm of thanksgiving about salvation where it's like, Lord, I'm grateful that you saved me. And here's why I'm grateful that you saved me, because I don't have to walk as a sinner trying to be righteous. I get to walk as someone who's righteous, who gets to step back from sinning back into righteousness. Right, I get to walk from this place where Jesus said, no, listen, listen, there's no more veil in between us. The Bible says that God, we're seen as the righteousness of Christ. So now I walk in it. I walk in his ways. I follow Jesus each and every day. And sometimes, oh, the old me pops up. Ooh, that's ugly. Come back. Does that make sense, everybody? And so you, gotta, you, you don't have to try so hard to be perfect. Nobody's perfect. Raise your hand if you're perfect. Anybody? Nope. (laughs) Who's raising their hand over there? I'm just kidding. Nobody's perfect. Let's get that out of the way. Cool beans. All right. So now that we know we're all imperfect, we look at the world, and the world is a mess. Can we agree on that? The world is a mess. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's confused. Everybody's mad at each other. What is going on? Okay, so there must be something that could bring this into order. If we're all messed up naturally, if we're all imperfect, and the world is a mess, there's only one person I've ever known of being perfect. His name is Jesus. And if he says I could be like him, I'm going to walk in that. Right? Because now I have a a place to go. All right. Because everybody else is following imperfect people. I don't want to follow an imperfect person. No, thank you. I'll only follow an imperfect person if they're following the perfect person. Does that make sense? Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. That's why we have pastors and leaders. And so some of you might look up to Brian or or Kevin or some of you might look up to your leaders or look up to me or Danielle or whatever. And it's good because the pursuit for all of us as leaders is we're pursuing Christ. And so if you just follow me, sure, I might Ooh, oop, oop. But if I'm over here trying to step into holiness, we're on the, you're following the wrong person. So live from that. So here, here it is. I'll finally read it. Psalm 138. Are you ready? I'll give thanks. Everybody say thanks. I'll give you thanks with all my heart. How much of your heart? All of it. All of it. I'll sing praises to you before the gods. Pause. What? What is this saying, bro? David is saying David lived in a time where uh, all the other folks, besides the Israelites, were worshiping many gods, many, 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 many gods. You guys have heard of like Greek mythology and Roman mythology, and you've heard Nordic mythology, and all these other gods and Zeus and whatever, right? So that's pretty normal that they have all these gods. And Hinduism has a bunch of gods and all this other stuff, right? And so this is this is this is David saying that. God is number one, that he's going to stick it to all the other ones. He said, I'm not just going to praise you in my quiet time alone. I'm going to praise you in the presence of my enemies. I'm going to praise you in the presence of other gods. This is a big thing for us as as youth. I'm not just going to praise you in my room all alone, though you should do that. I'm not just going to praise you at Echo Youth. I'm going to praise you at school. I'm gonna praise you in front of friends who don't believe in you, and not to say that you're just like singing worship songs at school. The, I mean, whatever, do your thing. But we'll we'll be we'll be worshipful in our lifestyle, even when we're not at church. Does that make sense? I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all your name One, on the day that i called you answered me you made me bold with strength in my soul you made me bold with strength in my soul and the kings of the earth will give thanks to you o lord and they have heard the words of your mouth and they will sing the ways of the lord for great is the glory of the lord for though the Lord is exalted, yet he regards the lowly. Everybody say the lowly. He regards the lowly. He loves the lowly. He gives favor to the lowly. He get, Let's word it this way. He gives favor to the humble. But the haughty. You ever met someone who's kind of haughty? You know what haughty means? Like they're just all... You ever met someone like that? Their heads in the clouds? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Their nose is all up. Come on, I'm way better than you. Yeah, You can't tell me what to do. Ever, anybody ever met someone like that? That's just like conceited and just so much better than everybody else. Like, ugh. And then that's when the nastiness in us comes up. It's like, oh, I hate you, you know. You know, It's like, God told me to turn the other cheek, but I'd smack you on yours. You know, right. But this is cool because, because God will take care of all that. We don't need to mess with that. He regards the lowly, but the haughty one, he knows from afar. That means, hey, God's like, hey, I mean, if you think you got it all figured out, go ahead. Oh, I don't want to be in that place where I think I've got it all figured out. And God's like, all right, man, do your thing. My prayer is, God, your will be done, not my will be done. I don't want to get to heaven on judgment day and God said, well, your will was done. No, thank you. I'm good. <clears throat> Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. Everybody say revive. revive. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and you and your right hand will, sh- will save me. The Lord will accomplish what concerns me. Your loving kindness, O Lord, is everlasting. Do not forsake the works of your hands. David's grateful. He's grateful for God. He said, God, thank you for saving me. Thank you for being there. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being kind to me. Thank you for being merciful. And he said, it's not only good enough, Lord, for me to say thanks, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to praise you in the presence of my enemies. I'm going to, I'm going to sing praises to, to you in front of the other gods. He said, all you've ever been is good. Now, the world's been bad. <laughs> Anybody relate with that? The world's been bad to me. But God's only been good. God's only been good. So, four things we're going to talk about in relation to this scripture. Uh, and we're going to get through this Pronto. Number 1. God is our priority. Number 1. He's our number 1 priority. He's the top of the list. Let me explain this to you. A lot of times the Christian life in America seems like God is on our busy schedule for a 15-minute time slot. Okay, let's see. I wake up, I got breakfast, I got meditation, I got yoga, I got I got to work out in the morning, I got to get this in. I got to, let's see, play Fortnite with the boys. I got to go to school. And then when I get off school, I got karate because, you know, and then I got uh, tutoring and then I got uh, sports and then I got more Fortnite with the boys. And then, oh, uh, right before I go to bed, I'm going to say, thank you, Lord, for this day. See you later. (laughs) Good night. Go to sleep. We just, you know, put God right in the schedule. It's perfect. 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 That doesn't mean God's a priority in our life. That schedule looks a whole lot like we're the priority of our life. If God's really the priority of our life, he's not just a piece of the schedule. He's the breath that breathes life into everything that we do. Does that make sense? It's like he's like like, like the, the veins in our arms or the blood source. You know, it's like... It's not just part of me. He's like the thing that gives me life. Does that make sense? So if God's the top priority, nothing else gets in the way of that. This is why there's a story in the Bible of the rich young ruler. He says, I've done everything right. What must I do more? Jesus says, sell everything you have, give it to the poor. Now, Jesus isn't saying this is what everybody has to do. He just knows that the rich young ruler won't do it. Because he knows the rich young ruler won't worship him in the presence of that God. Whoa. God, I'll worship you with everything I have. Unless it cuts into my video game time. Because if I'm reading my Bible and the boys text me, you hopping on? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) I'm just being silly. But God, I'll praise you unless it means that I have to walk in purity with my girlfriend. Because girls are hot. God, I'll praise you unless it means... Fill in the blank. Catching my drift? God has to be priority because then everything else that we love, if it's, if it's from a way that we're doing it unto the Lord, everything else is blessed, right? I love being married to my wife. She's amazing. But if we, weren't, if we, if we didn't have Christ in the center of our relationship, it'd be miserable. Who wants to go through that? Well, it's like, I want to find my one true love. You have already. His name's Jesus. And if you could learn how to be loved and how to love because of Jesus, now you can love better. Does that make sense? So, God is number one, the top priority. He's above it all. He's not a portion of our lives. He's the whole thing. He's the number one, numero uno. Sounds good? Number two. He hears our prayers. This is what... It says, and I think it's verse 3. On the day I called you, you answered me, and you made me bold with strength in my soul. He hears our prayers. So keep praying, everybody, or start praying. (laughs) Wherever you're at in the room, either keep praying for the thing you've been praying for and you've been longing for, because God hears you, or if you've never prayed before, start praying, because there's a God that's willing to listen. Anybody ever felt alone? I have. Anybody ever felt like there's, you, you haven't had anybody to talk to? I was talking to my mom today. We had a wonderful conversation. And in our conversation, she even told me, she's like, I haven't really had anybody to talk to about this. I was like, Mom, <laughs> we should have been talking a lot, lot, lot sooner. And so for us, it's like, we could be alone, but not alone. This is why Jesus is such good news. It's because every every issue that the world has, we solve it with the Lord. It's like we could, oh, the whole world is anxious? God says he'll give me his peace. Oh, the whole world is lonely, even though everyone can reach everyone on their cell phone, but somehow we're the loneliest generation of all time. Everyone's lonely? Oh, well, I could be in a room by myself and be fully not alone, because God's with me. He hears our prayers. The other thing he does is he answers our prayers. He hears our prayers and he answers our prayers. I've had so many answers to prayer in my life. And I've had, I've had, I've had prayers that I prayed where I didn't get the answer I wanted, but he still answered. Some of us think that if, if we don't get the answer we want, he didn't say anything. That, that's, that's selective hearing. We, we do that to our parents. Vince did that. The other, I think it was yesterday. I was messing with him. I was like, hey, Vince. Hey, Vince. Vince, clean this up. Clean this up. And then I was like, hey, bud. You want a snack? So I picked him up, and I, I got it right next to his ear. I was like, check, check, one, two. Does this thing work? Check, check. He goes, yeah, Dad. I was like, how come you're not listening then? That's so we how we are with God. God, I want this, I need this, I want this, I need this, I want this. And he's like, hey, not right now. That's weird. He didn't answer. Or, Lord, would you just let me have this? And he's like, no, that's not good for you. It's not going to give you life. Oh, that's, God didn't answer me. This prayer has been unanswered. No, it was answered five years ago. You just didn't like the answer. <laughs> So if we're, if, if we're going to pray and expect an answer, we got to hear what God's saying. Because listen, if, God, if all God ever does is agree with you, we're probably not worshiping God. Because true, true submission happens in disagreement. True submission happens in disagreement. Let me, let me give you an example. Let's say, let's say, me and Noah are on this, like, we got it, we got into like making beats. <laughs> and uh, you know, he's like the next Drake, you know, and like hopefully not that fool's weird. Uh <laughs> he's the next Lecrae. I don't know. Uh, Andy Minio. Okay, so <laughs> we're just dropping beats, wrapping, it's all good. And we're agreeing, oh, this is sick, this is tough, right? And then let's say Noah says, I'm in charge. Okay, cool. That's, we'd sign it on paper, Noah's in charge of this project. We start going, we start going, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And he's like, "Now nah, that's whack. My, my next response decides if I'm actually submitted to him being in control or not. If he's like, no, nah, that's whack. You're whack, bro. No, <laughs> or if he's like, no, nah, that's whack. And I'm like, okay, all right. What do you want to do? What are you thinking? Does that make sense, everybody? So right then, he finally understood that I'm actually submitted to him. When we were in agreement, it doesn't—you it, can't test that, right? Submission is tested in disagreement. So there's so many times in my life where the Lord has disagreed with me. Ah, oh, why did you say that? Why do I got to do that? Why did you call me to that? Why did you ask me to do this? But all right, I'll do it. That's what obedience looks like. Amen? So, he hears our prayers. God's our priority. He hears our prayers. Number three, he's close to the humble. He's close to the humble. Remember, it says he's far off from the haughty. (laughs) Sounds weird. He's far off from the proud. Hey, shouty, what's up? (laughs) Not that type of hottie, the H-A-U-G-H-T-Y, okay? Uh, He's far from the prideful, uh, and and he lets them kind of do their thing, and he's close to the humble. Why? Because the humble knows that I can't do this on my own strength. I need God. Someone told me, Brett, if if your dreams can happen without God, they're not good enough. All right. So when's the last time I've dreamed a dream that's so crazy? If God doesn't show up, everything fails. When's the last time? That's scary. But I'm gonna do it. Here's the thing: I'm gonna do everything for him, not for me. This is something I'm I've been working on for a long time because I went as a kid I was very prideful, I gotta admit. Can I admit that? I was a little cocky as a kid. It's all about me. It's like, dang, man, I'm good looking, I'm good at sports, I'm good at this. I'm like, and half of it wasn't even true, but I just thought it was, you know, I'm like, man, I'm him. <clears throat> oh, what's that? It's me. Yeah, I'm him. Like I, I was that type of kid, and and what God has told me is that I, what sh- God has showed me is that there's there's never uh, favor from Him in that. It's only what I can do on my own strength, and so until I got to a place where it's like, Lord, oh man, I'm nothing without you, but with you, I'm something great. With you, I'm who you I'm who you say I am, and so I do everything. As as much as I can, right? Because I'm walking in holiness. Sometimes I mess up. But as best as I can, I do everything unto him. I'm going to pastor unto him. I'm going to be a good dad because of him, not because I want to be known as a good dad. I'm going to be a good husband because he's asked me to be. Does that make sense? Everything I do. Simon, am I remembering right that you got a 4.0? Can we give it up for that? That's kind of cool. But here's the thing, here's the thing. Don't just do that for you. Don't do it for, don't get good grades because your parents told you to and because you want the recognition. Do it because God's created you with a brain that can get the good grades, right? And not all of us are straight A students. Can I be real? Some of us suck at taking tests. That's all right. Glory to be to. But listen, I'm not going to walk and be like, I suck at taking tests, and so I'm also not going to study, and I'm also not going to show up at school, and I'm also going to give my teacher sass. And then when I fail my test, I go to my mom. I just don't know how to take a test right. That's not doing anybody's cert, Right? Okay, right? I'm going to call her out. Danielle is a bad test taker. She is. Hey, I'm a good test taker, but let me, let me we went to college together. Let me tell you what she did. She studied five times as much as I did. She worked hard, and she wouldn't accept anything lower than a B. And if she did, she's like, oh, that wasn't who I am. Okay, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. She didn't accept I'm pretty sure, as a kid, she was told she had like learning disabilities, I, but she didn't accept that. No, thank you. Just keep moving, keep fighting, keep fighting. Why? Because it's it's unto him, and he gave me a brain, and he gave me the ability to do this. So I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep fighting. I'm going to keep going. And she's midway through her second bachelor's right now, so she's just keep she's just keeping on going. Does, is, is that a testimony to how we can live? Right? It's not all about like oh, I just it's it's not about what what. Life we've been given, oh, I'm not smart, I'm not this, I'm not this, life's against me. No, 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 it's, okay, where am I at, and how can I move forward, and what can I do with my life? What can I, how can I walk in that? Okay, maybe I'm not as good at taking tests as everybody else, but how do I work to get it right? Amen? Last one, Thanksgiving. This is it. Let's live from a place of Thanksgiving. Here's the interesting thing. There's a study that came out that says you can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. The Bible is filled with asking us to be thankful. With prayer and thanksgivings. Go to the Lord. An attitude of gratitude. (laughs) We live in like the most anxious generation of all time. Everybody knows that. And there's a scientific study that just came out that said, hey guys, guess what? You can't be anxious and grateful at the same time. And then I open this 2,000 year old book. Oh, it said it right there. It's like breaking news. <laughs> it's been in the book the whole time. So, this is why we follow the Lord, because he knows the life that we're going to live way better than we do. Even our best minds. Take thousands of years to get to what he told us all at the beginning. I don't think Paul was a scientist, but he wrote that if we are, he said, be anxious for nothing, but by prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving, give it all to the Lord. God's got it figured out. So here's, 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 here's the whole thing. I'm thankful that I know Jesus. I'm thankful that I know God. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to worship him here. I'm going to worship him at my house. I'm going to worship him at school. I'm going to worship him at my job. I'm going to worship him everywhere I go because he's so good and he deserves it. And everything I do, I'm going to do unto him. Does that make sense? This is how we're going to live our lives. This is what David is saying here is that, Lord, you've always been there. You've always been good. And everybody else is in shambles because they don't have you, but I have you. So I'm going to go, and I'm not going to keep you to myself either. You guys have been doing great. We've This last, like, five weeks have been, like, the most new people we've probably ever had ever. So just don't stop. Keep coming. My boy Matthew rolling up. Let's go. Simon's like, i it's not not like I brought half the youth group. But keep going. Listen, because people are finding life because of it. People are being encouraged because of it. People are are being seen because of it. This is a place where I want all of you to be seen and known and and cherished and loved. uh, and, And not everything else the world's trying to put in your face. Make sense? I love you all so deeply, so let's pray together. Jesus, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, uh, God, for who you are. Thank you for your salvation. God, thank you that we don't have to live a life that's just such a mess all the time and, and we live filled with sin, but God, we could live a life from holiness and righteousness because of who you are. And so, Lord, we thank you, uh, God, for all that you do for us. And, 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 and God, we just say that each and every moment of our lives, God, we're, we're going to strive to live it for you. God, that you're not just going to be something that's fit into our schedule, but you're going to be uh, the person we're in communication with all day. The Bible says that we should pray without ceasing, and so, God, would you walk with us each and every step, each and every encounter we have. God, each and every decision we make, God, would we run it past you? Thank you, Lord, for who you are. Thank you for this group. Thank you for these kids and how amazing they are. Thank you for choosing me to be the one that gets to pastor them. I don't know why it's me, but I'm grateful. So, Jesus' name, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.